What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. On today's show, we'll talk about handicapping and betting games without information. Let's get into it. This is the Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player. This is a Woos Media Podcast. If you want more Woos Media content, check us out online. W-O-O-Z-E Media.com. We'll have several more podcasts coming out during uh, the fall if football starts. Come on, football. So hopefully we got a couple more podcasts coming out in the near future. All right. Um, on today's show, we're going to talk about handicapping without all of the necessary information. Now, you may be saying, Tyler, why are we talking about this? Why are we talking about handicapping without information? Isn't information key? Information is the name of the game. If you don't have info, you're not going to do very well. And if the books have a lot of info, at least more info, they're probably going to beat you. See, nowadays in sports betting, it's all about disagreeing. Well, not disagreeing, but quantifying and seeing if you disagree on what the books quantify information to be at. In a way, information is the only thing we're betting on these days because in 2020, there's not lots of insider information anymore. You know, back in the day, back in the 80s, 90s, there was a lot of inside info going on, a lot of things going on that they knew about in, in terms of the, the, the pros or the books that the average sports better just didn't. Well, nowadays, everything is so public, uh, inside information is just rare to bet on, right? So... What we're betting on these days, like nine times out of 10, it's just a disagreement of information. Well, there's an injury and, and, and the books have the injury way overpriced or boy, this team's cold lately, but they're not that bad. You know, information that we have, the books have, you have, we all just disagree on how to quantify that information. And that's how we get a lot of our bets. So if, if information is so crucial and so key and so important and you need all of the necessary info to make a good bet, why in the world would we ever want to bet without all the information? And believe it or not, there are times where we're going to want to do that. Now, this is going to happen a lot when sports have a ton of games going on at once. A stacked schedule, pretty much games every day. This happens in baseball, in the MLB, where they have games, as you guys know, all the time. There's like two days during the MLB season where they take off. But in baseball, they don't offer games until the previous day. So you have about a 24-hour, roughly, 24-hour window to bet baseball. The books do this so they don't put themselves in a position. So you get a bet. Let's say you bet on the, I don't know, the, the, the Braves. And their, star, and their ace pitcher, who was scheduled to pitch, has some injury. Now they're going to be doing, uh, 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 you know, piecing together rotation, so on and so forth. The Braves are going to go down in price. The Braves are going to get a lot cheaper. So if you would have made that bet before all that information was out there with the starting pitcher, well, you would have an edge. So the way that the books defend themselves from that and protect themselves from that, they just don't release the lines until one day before. Okay, we have pretty much all the info we need. Let's release the lines. Well, what we're getting today is a lot of stacked games, except we can bet far out in the future while these teams still have multiple games to play. So by nature, if you're betting on a team that has two games to play before the game you're betting on, there could be injuries, there could be suspensions, there's a lot of information and things that could potentially happen we simply don't know about. And this happens a lot. In hockey, this happens in the regular season, it happens. You better believe that August 1st, woo, August 1st, hockey's back. Oh, yeah. 
you better believe that August 1st when hockey comes back, you're going to be able to bet several games in advance in the NHL. Right now in soccer, whether it's Premier League, the EFL, the MLS, you can bet far out in the future, several games in advance for most of these teams. So how do we approach this? How do we want to bet on these games coming up in the distant future where these teams we want to bet on have games to play? How do we approach this? On one hand, we need the information just like the books. We don't want to bet unless we have the good information that we're going to need. But on the other hand, if the books are going to release these prices early, we may find some great value. So let's look at how to approach these lines in these games. Okay, first of all, you're going to want to handicap all of the games leading up. Now, let's use an example on today's show. I will hand it, well, well, we'll use the example of the New York Bulls taking on the Columbus Crew. I think that game is the 15th. Let me check really quickly. Pulling this up. Yeah, it's on the 16th. Okay. So, on July 16th, Columbus plays the New York Red Bulls. We gave this pick out. God, when was that? I want to say it was not last, not this previous uh, Saturday, but the one before. I'm not, and we're having some trouble with those weekend shows, by the way. Uh, but anyway, it, I, it, sometime in the last couple weeks, I gave out New York Red Bulls plus 180 money line against Columbus. Well, the New York Red Bulls had to play the uh, had to play Atlanta United first on the eleventh uh, of July. So we made this bet like July 6th or something like that. We made this bet a good 10, 11 days before the Red Bulls and the Columbus crew play. So I made that bet for 7-16 while New York still had to play Atlanta on 7-11. So when I'm handicapping the game for the Red Bulls and Columbus, I start off by handicapping the first game, Atlanta-New York, seeing how I think these teams are going to perform in the games leading up. Because what happens then is you'll have an idea of the, quote, perception of these teams after that game's played. If I thought Atlanta was going to come out and win 5-0, I would not have made that futures bet on the New York Red Bulls. Why? Because they likely would have been downgraded. Perception would have been, boy, New York isn't very good, and they would have been cheaper. I would have gotten them at a better price than plus 180. But I didn't handicap that. What I thought would happen is similar to what did happen, to where they would either beat Atlanta or draw Atlanta, both of which we are fine with our bet. Okay? So you have to handicap the first couple games leading up, see what the perception would be after those games. Now let's take a quick sidestep and talk about perception and why the average better overdoes it when they talk about perception and really overestimates what results mean. Okay. Now I know what I can hear you guys right now. What are you talking about? Tyler results mean everything. If you win, you're a good team. If you lose, you're a bad team. Not necessarily. Let me give an example. In the Red Bulls game against the uh, Atlanta United, for those who don't know, New York played Atlanta on the 11th. New York Red Bulls won that game 1-0. If by chance Atlanta would have scored a goal, a lucky goal in the very final minute of the game, right? In the fifth or so minute of extra time. If Atlanta sneaks one in, does that intrinsically make the New York Red Bulls a worse team? Does that, by definition of talent, uh, uh, people, uh, uh, roster, coaching, does that make them a worse team? The answer is no, right? If they let in some fluky goal at the end or, or they, they didn't, they're the same team. They're, they're, they have the same players, same coach. But what happens 
is ESPN and the public. Oh, New York couldn't hold on to it. Atlanta got a red card, and they found a way to come back and tie that game. You know, perception's everything. And it's it's amazing to me what one little fluky play, because sometimes one fluky play changes an entire result of a game, and that entire result of a game can blind the entire country because they now equate everything that happened. They just boil it down to one result. I mean, this happens a lot in, in football. If there's a close game and a field goal kicker makes a field goal and your team wins by one, all anybody remembers is that your team won, right? If that field goal kicker misses the field goal, does that make the football team that much worse? No. It's the same football team. The kick goes three feet to the right or three feet to the left. Now everyone in the country has a different perception about that team. That's what I'm talking about, how one little thing can affect the game. And if the game's affected, all of us are affected. So that's why as sports bettors, we want to overlook that stuff. That's why results, believe it or not, really aren't that important. It's kind of like the paradox of sports betting. Results aren't that important, at least game by game on a small sample size basis. So you have to handicap all of the games leading up if you're going to if you're going to bet in the future you want to see what's the perception going to be leading up with the with these games if you're going to bet on a team and they have two games to play and you think they're going to lose both those games the perception of that team will go down therefore you'll get a better price in the future don't make that bet if you think the perception of the teams will elevate in the in that in that given time you make the bet because the price will come down so have an idea what the perception of these teams will be and handicap every game they have leading up to the game you want to bet. Next, have a probable starter profile. What this means is you can pretty much say and rate the starter for every team. This will give you a good idea of, uh, let's say in soccer, who's liable for suspension? Who ha- If someone gets another yellow card, are they suspended for the following game? Someone gets a red card. How many games are they going to be out for? You know, uh, are there any major injury concerns? Or do we have any players coming back from injury? So have a starter profile. Know who's liable for suspension, fatigue, injuries, things like that. Know the starters and what situations they're in individually. Next, don't ride hot streaks and don't bet into, quote, good form. The reason this is, Form changes, right? Form is, uh, for those who uh, don't really listen to soccer, watch soccer, form pretty much means how hot or cold any given team is, right? How are they playing lately? And what happens is teams get hot, teams get cold. This happens every sport, every team. And if you're going to ride a hot team and you want to bet on them two weeks in the future, (laughs) if you're just betting on the, 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 the idea that they're hot right? There's a good chance they're going to fade by the time that game comes around. You bet a hot team, they're hot. They may be cold by the time the game comes around. So don't bet hot streaks. Don't bet into good form unless you're betting the very next game for tomorrow, for the next game. That's fine. We're not talking about that. We're talking about betting into the future. And if you're betting a week out and these teams have one or more games to play, don't ride streaks. Do not ride form. It's just going to get you into trouble. And last year, You know, this is all crucial because we need to buy opening lines, which means we'll inevitably have to bet on this information. If you're waiting for these lines to come out, and actually, they don't provide you with every opportunity. For example, I wanted to bet the 
Real, I wanted to bet Real Salt Lake. And I have just been waiting for the lines to open up on that game. Real Salt Lake, they play. Again, let me pull this up quickly. Let's see here. So they play uh, on the 17th. They have Minnesota. And I have been wanting to take Real for days now. Because the line opened up. Real Salt Lake... Oh, what was it? I want to say they were around plus 200, plus 220. They were definitely the underdog against Minnesota. But what the books do, at least the books who offer opening lines, they won't give you ever every bet out there. See, if I'm taking an underdog, more times than not, if the math works out, I will take them draw no bet. That means if it's a tie or a draw, you get your money back. You don't lose the bet. What happens with the sports books is when they offer these lines, when they when they open up, you know, two weeks in advance, they don't offer all those lines. They only offer the three-way money line. So for my game, I wanted to bet Real Salt Lake in Minnesota on the 17th. All they offered for about a week was Real money line, Minnesota money line, or the tie. That's all you could bet on. Now, until yesterday, after Real Salt Lake played their first game against Colorado, then a whole bunch of other lines opened up. So the books know about this phenomenon, too. The books aren't stupid. They're not going to give you every opportunity to make every bet before they have some information, too. But guess what we did? I put a little bit of a bet down on Real Salt Lake money line. You know, let's say out of uh, 100%, I put about 20% of my bet on RSL Moneyline, and I still have the 80% left to put on the draw no bet afterwards. Why did I do this? I did this to lock in my price of Real Salt Lake, thinking they were going to beat Colorado, which they did, thinking that line was going to come down, and I'm just not going to get the best price waiting for my draw no bet to open up. So sometimes you do have to pounce early. Sometimes you do have to project what's going to happen in the past, aka Real Salt Lake beating Colorado, and just knowing that line's going to come down. I mean, Real Salt Lake was one of the most undervalued teams coming into the uh, MLS's back tournament. So there's a all, there's a whole bunch of different ways to attack this. But, you know, you, you, we, we want to do this because we want to bet openers. So inevitably, you're going to be put in, uh, in a spot where you have to bet without information. And the books, like I said, they get this, they know this, they want all the information too. That's why they get scared when they don't have it. They're going to not offer all the lines, offer very low limits, things like this. But when you guys find something, when you guys have an opportunity to make a bet one, two weeks out, you've got to do it if you have the correct info, which is going to be limited, and you feel good about your games you've handicapped that lead up to whatever game you're talking about. It's going to happen in soccer. It's going to happen in hockey. Betting without info, not ideal, but you're going to have to do it. All right, good luck on uh, your bets today, everyone. A lot of soccer going on today, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on The Sharp Angle. This is The Sharp Angle, every day on your favorite podcast player.